is the word of our Lord. Jesus left the temple and was going away when his disciples came to, a point, came to point out to him the buildings of the temple. But when he answered them, You see all these, do you not? Truly I say to you, there will not be left here one stone upon another that will not be thrown down. As he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, Tell us, when will these things be and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? And Jesus answered them, See that no one leads you astray. For many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ, and they will lead many astray. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not alarmed, for this must take place. But the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these are but the beginning of the birth pains. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and put you to death. And you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will fall away and betray one another and hate one another. And many false prophets will arise and lead many astray. And because lawlessness will be increased, the love of many will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. So when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by the prophet Daniel standing in the holy place, let the reader understand. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let the one who is in the housetop not go down to take what is in his house. And let the one who is in the field not turn back to take his cloak. And alas, for women who are pregnant and for those who are nursing infants in those days, pray that your flight may not be in winter or on the Sabbath. For then there will be a great tribulation such as not, has not been from the beginning of the world until now. No one ever will be. And if those days had not been cut short, no human being would be saved. But for the sake of the elect, those days will be cut short. Then if anyone says to you, look, here is the Christ, or there he is, do not believe it. For false Christs and false prophets will arise and perform great signs and wonders, as, so as to lead astray, if possible, even the elect. See, I have told you beforehand. So if they say to you, look, he is in the wilderness, Do not go out. If they say, look, he is in the inner rooms, do not believe it. For as the lightning comes from the east and shines as far as the west, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. Wherever the corpse is, there the vultures will gather. This is the word of our Lord. You may be seated. Well, our will to survive is one of our most basic uh, instincts ingrained in us by God. Uh, he's put eternity in our hearts. So we have, we have a, a desire to live. And when confronted by danger, we will do whatever we determine in that moment, right? Whatever it would take to avoid that danger or maybe, I mean, maybe if it can't be avoided, to, to avoid the, the consequence or the, the worst of the consequences um, of it. As the historian Josephus noted, I think I read this, this quote before, of, of the false prophecies which led thousands to remain in Jerusalem during the Roman siege. 
by, as, as, the, as the Romans had lined up. And the people were, as I mentioned last time, in those days, if you, if you weren't in the city, if you were in the countryside and war was coming, you would go to the cities where, the, where they were walled and you would, you would seek refuge there. And uh, Josephus, he notes here, he says, Now a man that is in adversity does easily comply with such promises of deliverance. For when such a seducer makes him believe that he shall be delivered from those miseries which oppress him, then it is that the patient is full of hopes of such deliverance. And when, we, when, when you consider the onset that has been described here of the great tribulation and fear and the alarm that would overcome many, you, you can see how, it's, uh, how uh, false messianic expectations and fraudulent demonic signs would threaten to deceive and to lead astray even the most uh, level-headed man uh, that, that, that you could think of. And uh, again, you, just for an illustration of that, you could look to, uh, to the Exodus in, in Egypt. And, and the, the way in which um, Pharaoh was able to be, you know, based on the signs and the, the ways that the magicians could copy the miracles of Moses. Though, of course, they would never surpassed it. Um, but as these plagues were coming down on the people and the disaster was striking, um, there was essentially, it only, it only worked to harden them and harden Pharaoh uh, rather than coming to his senses. And so there's a real danger as we, are, as we are confronted by chaos, as we're confronted with disaster, to be led astray by anything that would offer a helping hand, um, anything other than that is, that, than humbling ourselves before the Almighty God and seeking His mercy. And so in our text today, remember, Jesus is continuing his answer to the disciples' question revolving around the timing and the signs surrounding the destruction of the temple and coming judgment. Uh, For those of you who are just visiting and jumping in, uh, so you're not confused as I go through this, we spent the past couple of months explaining how uh, I'm interpreting this. There's, There's different brothers who would interpret this differently, but uh, I'm approaching this, understanding this as uh, having been fulfilled in the destruction of Jerusalem and the temple in 70 AD. Uh, many of, uh, well, all the events that we're looking at as, as taking place um, leading up to that point. So last week we looked at verse 15 to 22, covering the events surrounding the siege of Jerusalem, which will signal the imminent destruction of the temple in Jerusalem, leaving Jews who have believed in Christ, we saw there, with just enough time to flee to the wilderness, to go to the mountains, to escape uh, God's wrath and the great tribulation that that would surround that time. And now, in light of these devastating events, verse 23 to 28, again returns to a similar uh, theme, the similar opening theme of this discourse, warning them to not be misled by false Christs or prophets who claim to speak on his behalf. And, so with, and, and then we also here in this section have the added persuasion associated with their ability to apparently perform great wonder, signs and wonders that would be convincing enough 
to mislead even Jesus' disciples uh, if he would allow it. And so we're going to, again, consider this part uh, of Christ's warning here together. It's, for the most, it's a simple message today. Um, do not look where people are telling you to find Christ. Look where Christ tells you to find Christ. And we're, I'm going to try my best to keep the message as simple as we can today. Uh, and, and more so, I want to do that moving forward as well. Um, but today's message, um, it, it needs to be simple. Again, given the context and, and, and um, the importance of when things, when life is flying at you and you're in the trenches and, and you, you, don't, you can't see where all of this is headed... Uh, we need we need simple, hard hitting truths to hang on to that will carry us through those times, and so that's what Christ is giving his disciples. That's what he gives us today as well. So, verse twenty three: If anyone says to you, "Look, here is the Christ," or "There he is," do not believe it. For false Christs and false prophets will arise and perform great signs and wonders, so as to lead astray, if possible, even the elect. Again, as I just led us into this discussion, uh, perilous times are fertile ground for unfounded messianic expectations and, 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 for, and finding uh, just any hope of deliverance. Through difficult times. And Jesus warns against the threat of such temptation. And again, today especially, you're going to notice, I'm, just, I'm going to be, trying, I'm going to be a, bringing this to you. As I've already explained that this, this, is, um, this message was to his disciples and we'll seek to understand it in light of that. Um, it, 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 its message continues to, his, to us as his disciples today. In previous messages, we've already gone over some of the historic and biblical evidences uh, of such threats during the apostolic era. Um, and I, so I just recall again, for example, 1 John chapter 2, verse 18, where he says, Children, it is the last hour. And as you have heard that Antichrist is coming, so now many Antichrists have come. And again, I, I explain how Antichrist is, the word anti can be, it can be the, the, to be the exact opposite um, or to be um, in, in, in the place of, right? To, to usurp Christ, to put yourself, to assert yourself as Christ um, when you aren't the Christ is to be anti-Christ, is to be opposed to Christ. And then obviously the, the obvious example is when somebody's actually expressly, expressly opposes Christ, that would be uh, Antichrist, Antichrist as well. So you have that example in 1 John 2.18. I don't want to go over those examples. As I said, we, we saw in the opening, Jesus has already warned of this, and so we looked at how, how there was much, uh, many examples in that time. There was quite a, a messianic frenzy during that time, looking, is he here, is he there? An expectation. But what I want to note the emphasis on here is to be aware, to beware of the influential powers of man here. Okay, that's what I'm gonna, we're going to look at. 
to be aware of the influential powers of man in general. If anyone says to you, look, here is the Christ, or there he is, do not believe it. When everyone is saying the same thing, right? I think we just, we, we read this, and I just, I just want you to try to put this, to, to help you see how this is so practical, how this is some stuff we face every day. When everyone is, everyone is telling you, you know, this is the way it is, or this is, this is what's going on in the world. Or, I mean, I, I, we, we had a, I, I hate to bring up the virus, but I mean, just a perfect example of when everyone, it's so easy for us, so like, clear to see. Everyone is saying the same thing, even when you, you are not, you're not seeing it, how it really makes you question what you know to be true, right? Like, you're, you're, not, you're not, not buying it, but it's like, I, I must be crazy. So, like, like, everyone else is saying something else. And so, how persuasive it is. People are saying, look here, do this. And, and, and they're all united. How, um, how deceptive that can be for us. Even, again, even the elect, even the most, you know, sure-footed person. Again, I want us to remember, and, and as we seek to apply this text, that it, it is when it speaks of a Christ, it was certainly in that context they were looking to the Messiah, that, that, that the anointed one that they were expecting, uh, that was prophesied of, of the Old Testament. But again, the, the, the whole idea there is we could essentially, if you just think in your mind, like, right, here is the Savior, here is the Deliverer. I mean, different cultures have different ways of referring to to the Christ. And for the Hebrews, Christ was the Savior. Right? But in, in different cultures, we all, we, they have different words for identifying the one who would rise up and deliver us. Right? From our, from our troubles. Um, and so today, our, our Christ, right? They're not going to rise up and they're not going to say, I am the Christ. But they, they're, they're, they they're going to say, I am the one. Right? I am the answer. Or this, this philosophy is the answer. Uh, this, this movement. Right? You've you got you to gotta follow the, the, this idea. You have to believe these things. To be a good person. To be morally right. So if anyone says to you, look, here he is. Or there he is. Do not believe it. When, they're speak, when people are telling you of things. That, that basically talking about the problems we face in this world. And they're telling you we, got, we need. like This is the solution. Don't. Don't go there. Don't believe it. I mean and again it can be so simple as. Uh, I, I listen to 10 minutes of CBC. Some, usually every day. That's all. I, I want to have an idea of what is being said in the world. But then it's capped off at 10 minutes, and so then I don't get I don't know, too much of it, right? But I, I was listening to it, and they were, I forget what the issue was that they were talking about. And, and they were basically saying, and so, so now the government's going to, you know, they're giving $35 million to this. And, then, and that's where I see, okay, there's, that's, their, that's the Christ in this situation, right? We're going to put, the money is going to solve this problem. Of course, there's, there's going to be means and there's going to be ways in which 
God, we're, we're going to, um, God will use money to, to re- bring relief. But it's, it's the way in which people, and this is where it's so deceptive, right? It's the way in which they talk about it. Is, is this the solution? Is this the one? Is this the anointed one? So we have the deception of, of movements, of everyone saying this. Like everyone's, everyone's pointing us this way. Look, here's the Christ. There he is. He says, don't believe it. And that was going on like crazy during that, that time, specifically of the Christ. That word, looking to, that, to their king. But he says, for, next there's the deception of powers. So if we're not persuaded by the amount of people saying it, we can, we'll be persuaded by the power of those who are presented as, as the solution. Um, verse 24, for false Christs and false prophets will arise and perform great signs and wonders so as to lead astray, if possible, even the elect. We've already, I, I think I've pointed before to an example in Acts chapter 8, verse 9, where there was a man, it says, that named Simon, who had previously practiced magic in the city. And he amazed the people of Samaria, saying that he himself was somebody great. So, and, and there's, so there's plenty of examples of, of where this kind of stuff is happening. Um, and I, I, I don't have any doubts that, um, again, that, that the, the demonic realm is in, involved in this and, and, and actually being able to do uh, supernatural things, things that cannot be explained by nature um, to convince and persuade um, we're, I'm going to come back to this, but what we, we must always remember that the purpose of signs and wonders is not is not to, does not speak of itself of authority, but it, it ought to point us to the authority of God's word, um, not the other way around. But another piece in this, I mean, because it, it says there that they will. Arise and they and perform great signs and wonders, but there's a lot of also a lot of testimony of essentially they're performing these great signs and wonders, but it's it's all it's delusions, it's all uh, it's all illusions, it's all it's all trickery and schemes. Uh, Josephus, uh, the historian, again the eyewitness during that time, he wrote there was also another body of wicked men gotten together. These were such men as deceived and deluded the people under pretense of divine inspiration. And these prevailed with the multitude to act like madmen and went before them into the wilderness as pretending that God would show them the sign of liberty there. And then he, and he, he points out another example. He says a false prophet was the occasion of the people's destruction. He's talking about right, right during the siege of uh, of Jerusalem, he says it was, a, was the occasion of their destruction who had made a public declaration in the city that very day that God commanded them to get up upon the temple and there should receive uh, miraculous signs of their deliverance. So again, you have examples where it's, there's not necessarily signs per se being done, but there's promises of signs. There's expectation of signs and, and saying, um, and there's other examples where they basically said, 
they, they called people to follow them out to the wilderness. And, and there God would, would reveal himself to them in, in you know, powerful ways. And again, I think, I don't know if you, depending on where your backgrounds are and, where, and what the things you've seen. But I don't think I have to convince you that there is a very, there is a pull, uh, you know, in, in us and in, in, in our society a fascination with the supernatural, right? And seeing signs, seeing things that cannot be explained and the lengths through which people will go to see these things. Um, and especially when you're in the midst of that and you're not seeing it, again, talk about the power of everyone else saying, look here, look there. Uh, like I, I was raised in a very, not raised, I was saved and went to a church in a very uh, charismatic kind of circle. And, and there, there comes a point when like everyone else is talking about this miracle happening, that miracle happening. And you want to see it so bad because everyone else is seeing it. And you start to convince yourself that, oh, yeah, this, this, like, I, I think I saw that. I think it really happened. It, it, it's, it's very deceptive. And then note, too, and we're going to see this in the, the following verse. But most of these signs and wonders, especially when you read Josephus and the examples he gives, um, but most of the signs and wonders, again, not that I doubt that, the super, that there are demonic, there are, pe- there are people who are able to uh, invoke um, things that cannot be explained, A lot of the times, especially when, when you're talking about people trying to lead astray today in different movements um, that bear the name of Christ, right? That talk about Jesus and say, you know, if you want to experience Jesus, come over here. And, if, 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 and this is what always bothered me about that or not bothered me, but just made me stop and, and try to figure it out. And I could never figure it out was why do I need to go to this church, right, to that building over there to see this happen? If God is, if God is almighty and God is, is all powerful and he can do these things, and I believe that he does, why can't he do it here? Why can't he do it in my house? Why can't he do it like in this service, right? Like, why does it have to be there or in, at, at this movement, at this tent meeting, right? Like, it, Oftentimes, these, this obsession with powers and signs, it, note that it's often limited by, in, by certain circumstances and having to happen in a certain place in a certain way. Again, often, I believe there is, that tells me there's a degree of scheming and, uh, and deception being involved there. But I'm not, I'm not doubting there's a degree of... Um, the demonic and the supernatural as well at work. But at, at best, the demonic can only ever copy, right? It can never do, um, it, it can only mimic miracles. It can only mimic the signs and the wonders. It can't, uh, it can't actually do the kinds, of, again, what, what's our test? We're going to come to this. But you, you don't, you're, the, the, the signs, the powers that you hear talk are spoken about or that maybe you've even seen or ex- experienced, again, of the, the 
deceptive kind, they, they're, they're never in any way equal to the miracles being described that God does in Scripture. So we're going to come back to this, but Scripture is our, is our rule. How do, we know, how do we know this is a sign and, and a and miracle of God, or how, do we, or how do we know this is the people we're to run from? Well, use your Bibles, right? Use that as your test. Um, every, many of the, ma- the major miracles being described of that Jesus does or that the apostles do, it's always very intentional to show that it was evident to everybody and that it could not be denied that what, that what was taking place um, was nothing less than a miracle of God. Even, and even people who didn't want to see it couldn't, they had to admit that. But not these people. And so I guess this brings me into my, what I was just saying. In verse 25, he says, See, I have told you beforehand. You might not make much of that. But again, we, we should be somewhat concerned. For In verse 24, For false Christs and prophets will arise and perform great signs and wonders. I mean, it, it's going to be convincing. It's going to be persuasive. So as to lead astray, if possible, even the elect. Like that, it, it, it's, it's going to be hard to deny. How are the elect to avoid being led astray? I believe 25 is our answer. See, I have told you beforehand. And the, the, again, the cheeky Arminians, he says, well, they, they are elect, right? There's nothing they can do, right? To which scripture responds, there is something they can do if God, who has elected them, says there is something for them to do. Right? If God is so sovereign and so powerful to call you, he is also sovereign. He is, his sovereignty and his power applies to his command to do what he says in order to, to save you and to call you to himself. See, I have told you beforehand. You won't catch this in, in the if you're using the ESV. Uh, however, if you have the NA. New American Standard Bible, you'll note that in verse 25, Jesus uses the same word as the people that he warned about in verse 23, who, who they'll begin when they say, look, look, here he is. Um, the NASB will say, behold, here is the Christ. And then in verse 25, Jesus himself says, behold, I have told you in advance. And then the same word he uses again in verse 26, which the ESV translates as look. It's the same word, edu. Look, behold, see. It's all the same word there. And so the parallel is given to highlight really that we have two options here. You have, the, as he's, again, he's speaking to his disciples, he's preparing them. He's, trying to, he's making this as simple as possible for them so as to not be led astray. You have two options here. Either you're going to be looking in every which way that people are telling you to look, all of it dressed 
in fervent and religious language. Oftentimes regarding a superior or a secret or a special knowledge of Christ and, and, and what he's doing here or what he's doing there. Or you can look to where Christ has told you to look beforehand. So you can look every, every which way or we can look to what Christ has told us already. And having done that, that will equip us, right? What has Christ, so he's telling us, I've told you this beforehand, so that you'll know, you'll, you'll be prepared and to see it coming, and you'll know how to act when it comes. So verse 26, again, so if, you, if they say to you, look, he is in the wilderness, do not go out. If they say, look, he is in the inner rooms, do not believe it. Again, there's a, Christ's word, his Christ's will, what Christ has done, what he is doing and what he will do is not a secret club. It's not a hidden thing uh, to be, uh, to, to go into the, I don't know, some dark crevice somewhere in a, in, in, out in the field where only a few people can find it. And yet that's what was often happening during that time. Like, right, looked into the wilderness. And that many movements, that's why, that's why some people thought John the Baptist was the Messiah. Because he was out in the wilderness. And there was, there was this expectation that, you know, that there was something was going to come from outside. Look, he's in the inner rooms. Again, this is that, that, that's part of my point of when any, if anybody's telling you, right, that to experience Christ, to find Christ, to know the truth about Christ, you gotta you gotta go to that meeting right over there, and and because they, they 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 found it, they have they have the secret like that, that I can't bring it to you. you. You have to go there. Don't is what he's saying. Don't believe it. If Christ, if the, if their Christ cannot be brought to you by His Word and the power of His Spirit, it's not Christ. Verse 27, in contrast to this, right? In contrast to Christ, to the, to the obscure, uh, esoteric claims of Christ's return. Verse 27 contrasts to reveal that, Christ re- it, it, that his coming will be uh, unmistakably visible to all. When he comes in judgment, again, and we're not going to have time to go over that today. Again, we're, we're going to review it again probably next week. But I don't know if any of you took me up on my assignment to read Ezekiel, where it's the, the where it has the word "son of" the title "son of man" is is used uh, the most. It is used throughout all the Old Testament, and the the theme being uh, associated with the coming of God's judgment. And when it's, when we're speaking of the coming of the Son of Man, we're speaking of the coming of God's judgment. It'll be, when it comes, he's saying, you're not going to be having to look over here for it or look over there. It's going to be, I, I, I would say, plain as day. Jesus says it's going to be like lightning 
coming from the east, shining as far as the west, right? In other words, everyone's, you're going to see it. It's going to be universal. It's not going to be uh, only for the select few or the select religious elite. Everyone will know when his judgment has come. And he similarly adds there, wherever the corpse is, there the vultures will gather. Again, I don't know how much to go into that. I mean, the, the, the main point is, is substantive enough, right? Um, you, you have that image. I don't know. Of, it's, you see it in the movies. I don't know. If, no, I've seen it. I've seen it as well. Maybe it's different kinds of birds as well. Um, that are flesh eating, but you'll write that image of it's, it could be far off somewhere away in another field and you'll see the birds circling around. Um, and you know, it's, it's, it's not, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to know, okay, there's something dead over there. Right. And every, and the point is, is that you don't, everybody can see it. It's as visible. It's again, as plain as day. Um, and this is speaking of, I believe this is speaking of the judgment of, I mean, there, there's, we're not going to go into all the details, but we've, I've, I've already told you about the slaughter that took place in Jerusalem in 70 AD, um, over uh, estimated millions of people, hundreds of thousands into slavery. Um, and literally, I'm, I'm sure that would have been the image of I mean, there's there's debate over what vultures means there, but whatever whatever birds you know would be there um, to consume the remains. There was no they were there was no cleanup um, being done by the Romans. You can be sure of that. And there was there were no for a time there were no Jews left to do any cleanup. Anybody who was in the area was wiped out. Um, but I will add, there is some there. The word technically is eagles. Um, wherever the corpse is, there the, the eagles will gather. There's some debate over, again, what the intended meaning is there. That in Aramaic, there, it, there wasn't a specific word for eagles or vultures. It just was a general reference to, to meat-eating birds. Um, that would... It, eat dead animals, different things like that. But the significance in, in the Greek, and it referring to there the eagles will gather, um, is that the eagle is associated with Rome. That the, in the Roman armies, an eagle would be, was part of their symbol that, they would, that would go before them, uh, representing uh, the people of Rome. And, uh, and so... Wherever the corpse is, there, there the vultures were gathered. However much we take it, the, the main point that's being described is in contrast to verse 26. That, again, instead of needing to... As they're waiting, right? They're, Christ told them this day is coming. Again, we, I don't know if we, we... We can't appreciate the passing of a generation. Like, how... How trying these times would have been for them. Um, I haven't li- like I've never. I haven't even. I haven't lived forty years, and 
And so we think, like, right, like, after everything they experience, why, why would it be so hard for them to remember this and to hold fast to this as these things are happening? How in the world could a disciple of Christ be tempted to, like, to hear rumors of, of Christ being in the wilderness? And, and, I mean, years are passing by and nothing is changing. Right? Or uh, nothing's happening. No judgment is coming. Jesus said this is coming and you don't see anything. Um, it can wear down on us. And so that's, again, where Jesus says, instead of listening to the look, 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 Jesus says to the disciples here, he says, look, I have told you beforehand. The fact that Christ's warnings to his disciples find their fulfillment in the destruction of Jerusalem and the temple, again, does not weaken its application for us today, but it strengthens it. See, I have told you beforehand, so if they say to you, look, he is in the wilderness, do not go out. If they say, look, he is in the inner rooms, do not believe it. As I've already elaborated, this kind of stuff is going on all over the place today. And the need of the hour for us as believers, as Christians, is to look at what Christ has already told us in his word. Isaiah 8, 19, it says, When they say to you, inquire of the mediums and the necromancers who chirp and mutter, should not a people inquire of their God? Should they inquire of the dead on behalf of the living? He says, to the teaching and to the testimony, if they will not speak according to this word... It is because they have no dawn. Again, Scripture is our our standard of truth. It is our standard of testing. If anybody's going to come to us, and that's that's the test of Galatians 1, Paul uh, Paul says. Right? If if anyone comes to you with the gospel other other than the one I preached to you, let it be accursed. Even if it's an angel, he says, right? They're they're coming, and even if it's supernatural, if it's anything different than what has already been revealed, it's not of Christ. God does not lie, God God does not contradict himself, he is consistent. He is the same. He is faithful. He is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And so if we want to know the truth today in our culture and the different, the, the different directions people are pointing us to, all we got to do is we got to look to what Christ has already told us. And again, we, we ought to seek ways in which we can apply this to the things in our culture that people will cling to for deliverance, for escape, for, um, for distraction. But also I just want to encourage you. When people will actually put the name of Jesus on certain things. And say you know do what Jesus would do. Are they when, when they're telling right. Jesus, Jesus would love you know. When, when we talk about the LGBT kind of movement. And, and morality that is being set up today. And people that would, will tell you that Jesus would have no problem with this, right? He, he, he wouldn't, um, Jesus doesn't condemn sin. He, he, for, he forgives sin. Well, if, if he has to forgive it, he ha- has to be condemned first, right? But 
Again, people are going to tell you things about Jesus. And, I, and Jesus was telling his disciples, and he's telling us today, that just because we call things by his name does not mean that he gave them authority to do that. And how, do we, how can we know that? How can we determine that? He says, I've told you beforehand. We have the sure word here in our Bibles. As society unravels into an era of chaos, the time is not to, it's, it's not a time to turn up our news and to pay more attention to what is what this man or what that man or this woman or that woman is saying, but to be constantly going back and testing our traditions, testing our assumptions and the things that we've been taught in light of what Jesus has already said beforehand. And, and, and then in Titus 2.11, For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldliness, worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright and godly lives in the present age, waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. He's given us what we need to do that, and so let us rely on Him for it and see that He is sufficient in those things. Let's pray. Dear God, we thank You for... Well, as, as we we're speaking, we're, we praise you for your revealed word, um, that it has been preserved for us, and that it has it has um, proven the test of time. It has, it has, though it has been tested and, and attacked and pulled apart, Lord, it, it remains. Uh, the unbreakable standard and testimony uh, of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And Lord, I pray that you would give us, as your people, wisdom and discernment. Lord, as it was difficult, uh, and as as you sought to prepare your disciples for the incredibly trying times that they would face, Lord, we, we confess our weakness, and we confess our need um, in, the, in, the, in the days we face today and all the many voices that are, are um, seeking to, to have our attention and to have our service, have our devotion, Lord, that you would, that you, you would implant your word in our hearts, that your spirit would help us To not just remember these things, but to quicken us to diligence, to faithfulness in being in your word daily, Lord. And in being diligent to seek these things out and to search them when we don't understand them, when we don't know them, Lord. And for anyone here who maybe they realize or are wondering if they have been led astray, Lord. I pray that you would lead them to repentance and the faith in Christ today. Lord, that when we, we do not need to fear finding out that we were wrong all along, but that it is a glorious thing to be delivered from deception and from lies and, and, to, find, uh, and to be found in Christ. And so, God, if there's anybody, anyone here that is, again, whether or not they realize it, maybe they're, they're caught up 
in deception and delusions uh, that, uh, of their friends, of their culture, of the things that surround them, Lord, that, you're, that you would reveal to them the truth of your salvation in Jesus Christ and the truth of your word, that it is reliable, that it, that it does not change uh, as, as the philosophies and ideas and uh, different waves and, and movements change today. That they would find in Christ the solid ground, the solid rock that does not move. A salvation that is not dependent upon me and how I feel today. But that rests upon Christ and what he has done in his death, in his burial, in his resurrection. God, we thank you for this sure salvation. And we rest in it now in Christ's name. Amen.